thank you for tuning in to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. You know, gang, I realized the other day that we're actually creeping up on episode number 100 of my tenure here. This is my 93rd episode of Locked On Mariners, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tloppin', if you will. Remember that you can download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. You can also ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners Podcast or Locked on Anything Podcast, any show here on Tloppin. Follow this program on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter as well, gang, at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, for those scoring at home. Well, Tuesday night was not exactly the Mariners' night in Arlington, as it were. Monday night, the Rangers asked the Mariners, hey, can we open the roof to see if the ball flies a little farther? And uh, boy, did that work in the Mariners' favor. So Tuesday night, they had the lid back on the place. And uh, Mariners didn't do much offensively. Neither did the Rangers, really. In the games, in the eight games where the roof had been closed, teams were averaging, both teams were averaging six runs a game. Well, with the roof closed Tuesday night, guess what, gang? Rangers four, Mariners two. And by just about everyone's math, that equals six runs. Marco Gonzalez had kind of an interesting night on the mound. He winds up going five innings and throwing 89 pitches. However, two at-bats to Joey Gallo, he threw 10 pitches and 8 pitches, and two more at-bats to Rugnet Odor, 9 pitches apiece. So he has 36 pitches in those four at-bats alone, which probably cost him an inning's worth of work. He gave up two runs in the first inning and the third inning, and he didn't look that bad otherwise. So he, he could have gone deeper in the ballgame had those four at-bats not gone so long. Mariners, on the other hand, uh, only could muster four hits all ball game. They also walked four times. Two of those hits belonged to Kyle Seeger, including an infield hit in the first inning, which was originally scored a ground out, but upon further review, as uh, people like to say, he was ruled safe. Didn't really extend the inning too much. Mariners didn't score until the fifth inning, and that was a J.P. Crawford RBI single. And an Elvis Andrews throwing error in which Tim Lopes scored. Kyle Lewis hit the ball to Elvis Andrews, who threw low to the first baseman. He couldn't pick it out. So no RBI for Lewis on that play. And the run also, of course, was unearned. In addition to Seeger and Crawford, who had uh, those three hits, the other hits was had by Tim Lopes, who went uh, one for two with a walk. Evan White 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts. He is really struggling, gang. It's kind of difficult to watch. He will get better. He is a rookie. This is his first Major League experience. This is his first experience above double A, remember. He will be fine in the long haul. Now, if he comes out of the shoot next year and hits 100, then I say we probably have a problem. But this is such a weird throwaway year that I'm not concerned. Shedlong Jr. 0 for 2, 2 strikeouts. And again, Marco Gonzalez, 5 innings pitched, 7 hits. Four runs, all of them earned. Only one walk, two strikeouts. Matt McGill pitched a scoreless inning. Three strikeouts, retired all three hitters he faced via strikeout. Altavilla then came in for an inning, walked one, scoreless inning on his part. Brian Shaw then came in for an inning, just back up from the alternate training site, and amazingly doesn't allow a base runner or a run. He pitches one inning and strikes out two batters. Again, M's fall to the Rangers, 
four to two. Gonna get you caught up about what's going on in the rest of the American League uh, before this second half of the show commences, in which we will continue our conversation with Aram Layton of Locked on MLB Prospects. Oakland A's lose their second in a row today, bringing their record to twelve and six. Before these two losses, they had won nine games in a row, and they're doing this, ladies and gentlemen, with a team that is number thirteen in the American League in batting average. However, they're number two in on-base percentage. Their on-base percentage is 109 points higher than their batting average coming into Tuesday's action. 217 batting average, 326 on-base. However, they've got the number two ERA in the American League. They're 12-6 and six right at this exact moment. That is a 667 winning percentage, which is the best in the American League. As a matter of fact, they're the only team in the American League West that's over 500. Houston and Texas are tied for second place. Both of them have identical 7-9 and nine records. However, Houston's game is in progress right now. They're currently in the top of the 10th inning in Houston against the Giants. The Giants have a one-run lead with runners on second and third. And that is as of this recording right now at 9.52 p.m. Pacific Time on Tuesday, August 11th. Next comes the Anaheim Angels, I almost said California Angels gang. No, they're the Los Angeles Angels. 7-11 and is their record. And then in last place are our Seattle Mariners at 7-12. and Just behind the Oakland A's in terms of win percentage are the New York Yankees, who lead the Eastern Division. They're 11-6. Right behind them, the Tampa Bay Rays at 10-8. Then the Baltimore Orioles, they're over 500. Yeah, they're over 500 by one game, 8-7. Then we got the 6-8 Toronto Blue Jays and the 6-11 Boston Red Sox, still having kind of the World Series hangover from two years ago. And of course, it also helps that they no longer have Mookie Betts on their roster. He is now a Dodger. The Central is kind of interesting. Minnesota currently leads at 11-7. Half game behind them are the Detroit Tigers at 9-6. Then one game behind the Tigers. Cleveland, kind of interesting things happening in Cleveland over the last couple days. They're 10-8. and eight. The Chicago White Sox are exactly at, at 500 at 9-9. Nine and nine. Mariners trivia question for the day is this. With his two hits today, Kyle Seeger now has 178 career hits against the Texas Rangers, which is the most of any active player. Who is number two? Answer following this word from CBDMD. It does not matter if you're a professional athlete, stay-at-home parent, spend eight hours a day in an office chair, whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, and I mean everyone, needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD or Sabumdum has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, code LOCKEDONMLB at CBDMD.com for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. 
Answer to the trivia question, gang, with his two hits today, Kyle Seeger now has 178 hits against the Texas Rangers, which is the most the Rangers have given up to any active MLB player. Right behind him at 177 hits is the incomparable Mike Trout. Something tells me Trout's going to overtake that record again sooner or later. And I'll also point out that Mike Trout has the most hits against the Seattle Mariners with 186. Hmm... Remember, gang, if you got a question for me or a comment on the show, doesn't have to be a baseball comment or question, email it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I will probably read it on the Friday Mailbag segment, reply to your question, your comment, tell me you love the show, tell me I'm a complete idiot, anything you want to say, just as long as it is family-friendly and appropriate, then I will most likely read it on the air. We will have a mailbag segment this Friday. Although, considering that I haven't gotten that many emails, it might be a short segment, but I will get to them this Friday. More Locked on Mares following this word from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is nigh impossible these days to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Gang, you've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your pocket, I bet right now as a matter of fact. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices, on the other hand, gang, they're the same for everybody, and they are really reliably low unlike my voice which is kind of unreliably low in any case rockauto.com they are a family business gang so you want to support them and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers whether it's for your classic or for your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and and prices that you prefer. Why spend up to twice as much money for the same parts? There is no reason to do that. So go to rockauto.com right at this exact moment to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, crossover, SUV, whatever. Did I say SUV twice? I don't know. In any case, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know for a fact that we sent you. Everybody wins. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Now time for the second half of Locked On Mariners. Once again, your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed, gang. We are back here on Locked On Mariners. And part three of our conversation with Aram Layton of Locked On MLB Prospects about to get underway. We had just finished talking about Evan White as we wrapped up on Tuesday. And as we begin today, I'll go back you know, a couple seconds again to kind of pick up where we left off. We're going to begin talking about the Mariners' great new center fielder, Kyle Lewis. I do like Evan White. I, I thought he was a dark horse for Rookie of the Year. I think that ship has obviously sailed, oh, yeah. but that's <laughs> no big deal. You know, That's just one award, and he can bounce back next year and, and have a really solid season. He could still salvage this year. And there's a lot of other prospects like Kyle Lewis who mm-hmm. are making up 
right, and having really, really exciting debuts. I mean, speaking about a rookie of the year candidate, and you talked a little bit about the outfield, which is a good shift. Let's start talking about the Mariners' outfield future. And the future's there at the big league level right there in one person, and that is Kyle Lewis, who he might win rookie of the year. He's having a fantastic season. Yeah, I mean, nobody really saw this coming to this degree, no matter how much you liked Kyle Lewis. And I didn't see it either. No, and I know I always was like, wait and see on Lewis, because this poor guy just keeps getting hurt. Yes. He can hit the darn ball. That's We know that. And again, the Mariners are not afraid to go mid-major if they like the player. And Kyle Lewis was playing at Mercer, and some people don't like that. They'll discount the competition or whatever it may be. But that's you can just see the tools that Kyle Lewis has and how they play up. He was banged up, could never really get going in the minor leagues. And right when it seemed like he was starting to turn the corner, he would get sent back to the DL because of whatever injury he had. I know his knee was giving him problems for a while. Mm-hmm. Now he finishes really strong to last year, keeps the momentum going. And when he gets to call up this year, he is fantastic. And I think that, okay, of course he's not going to hit 400 no. for the rest of his career. <laughs> but this is here to stay. I think Kyle Lewis is going to be the type of player that you can expect to hit at least in the mid to high 200s. He can hit you 20 home runs. Yes, he is the kind of guy that could go into some ruts where you're going to see some strikeouts come in spurts. But overall, he has so many tools. He, You can see him just maturing at the plate every single at-bat. It's yes. almost like he stores the knowledge and applies it to the next at-bat. He just seems to be so much more advanced at the plate than he was just a year or two ago and it has been really fun to watch and then to go and look at the other outfield prospects because even if Kyle Lewis didn't pan out here let's say he had Evan White numbers starting the season Mm -hmm. you could still feel good about the future of the Mariners outfield just off of Jared Kalenic and Julio Rodriguez alone oh totally those are the two guys that I'm sure everybody wants to talk about and of course they should be talked about I mean Jared Kalenic this is going to be looked at in the trade with the Mets will be looked at and it should already be looked at as one of the worst trades in the last decade but I think when it's all said and done will be looked at as one of the worst trades in the last 25-30 years because <laughs> when we Robinson Cano is hitting the ball well this year now he's back on the IL with a strained groin Edwin Diaz the Mariners were brilliant to sell high on a reliever we know how volatile relievers are and look at what Diaz is doing now to get Jared Kalenic out of that is just insane and to get out from under Cano's contract I mean mm-hmm. it's it's just incredible and it wasn't like they just got Kalenic they got other pieces too and mm-hmm. Justin Dunn and other guys and I, I just I loved the deal when it happened and it's just aged like fine wine and Kalenic has been the player that everybody thought he could be when he was going to be drafted out of high school in that draft class he was the most advanced hitter out of any high schooler he has continued to show that he is one of the most polished hitters in all of minor league baseball despite the fact that he is only 21 years old and just turned 21 years old he's another player that will be moved quickly through the system and yeah he struggled a little bit finally in 21 double a games but that's what the mariners wanted they knew that he was probably going to struggle a little bit when they sent him up for the final 21 games of the season to play in double a now he's got a taste of it he can go back next year play a full year in double a and now he knows what to expect that was exactly part of the plan i wouldn't be worried whatsoever and and the fact is he has 
all of the tools to be a five tool type of player. I think I, I threw this comp out for somebody else. So I, I feel like this is a cheap comp, but mm-hmm. I, I really could see some Michael Brantley type of production with a little bit more power mm. with Jared Kalinick because he's got the speed. He can play good defense. He's got a really mature approach at the plate, a sweet left-handed swing and everything just plays. I, I think that he is as safe of a prospect if you were to buy stock in the lower levels or that's under the age of 22 that you're going to find. And then you go into Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, there's a little bit more unknown with this kid because he's only 19. And whenever I see someone's birthday in 2000, that's still something I'm going to have to get used to. Uh, yeah, He's legitimately a freak in the most endearing way possible. He had a ridiculous year last year as an 18-year-old, which is just unheard of for an 18-year-old to be already – in high A, he only played 17 games there, but to hit 462 in those 17 games, <laughs> the strikeouts is something that I want to look out for at the higher levels. I think there's a little bit too much movement to his swing right now that ah. he can get away with at the lower levels. But these are little adjustments that I think will will be made as he has some trial and error because right now he's not striking out a, at a ridiculous rate. What's like that's not really what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. 66 strikeouts in 67 games. Not really too bad, but the movement and the the timing seems to be something that can get thrown out of whack with the type of approach he has right now. I could be wrong, and he could find a way to make it work. You have guys like Justin Turner who have all the movement in the world and can make it work, but I had Je- yeah. uh, Griffin Conine on the podcast last week, if you want to take a listen to that, and, and he talked about how he just couldn't do the leg kick anymore. It was throwing off his timing. He watched it work for some teammates. He talked to Bo Bichette with the Jays, and Bo Bichette talked about how he had eliminated that leg kick and tried to simplify it, and it worked for him. And Griffin Conine says he feels better than ever now, and strikeouts were a little bit of an issue for him. So some people have to simplify it. Some people don't. We'll see how it works for Rodriguez moving up to the higher levels. I just, based on what I saw against some higher velocity right-handers, it seemed like he was getting a little bit crowded and then caught cheating sometimes too on the breaking balls. Mm-hmm. I'm still so excited to watch this kid play. I think he has the future to the potential to be a star in the future. And it's just gonna be those little tweaks here and there as he moves up to the higher levels. I mean, he's a teenager. So let's just see what this kid can do. And I'm eager to see how good he can be. And he's not gonna turn twenty until December, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, not even till December. And it's yeah. unfortunate that he broke his wrist. He had a hairline yeah. fracture in his wrist, but if there's a time for him to get hurt, I guess now is the time. Oh, yeah, he totally. <laughs> get back into hitting, you know, whenever he feels ready. This is just a kid that if I'm buying baseball cards, for example, I like to collect baseball cards. Yeah. This is one of the prospects I'm investing in. Both Kalinick and Rodriguez are two players that I have bought their cards. I'm very high on them, and I think both will climb up the system quickly. Both a little bit different in their types of player that they are, but I think people are underselling the Rodriguez hit tool a little bit. He, he's only got a 55 grade hit tool while Kalinick is 60 to 65. Mm-hmm. And I think if Rodriguez just makes those slight tweaks to ensure that he can repeat his timing and, and really just be on the ball more consistently, despite what kind of velocities he's facing and what kind of pitchers, because he really seems to struggle against those high velocity slider fastball guys. Uh-huh. That's the only thing that he really seems to need to work on at the higher levels. Other than that, this is the type of player to me that will always hit the ball for a pretty consistent batting average. And I don't think there's any questions on his power or his arm in the field. I mean, an outfield of Jared Kalinick and Julio Rodriguez, you can just dream on. 
We'll pick up where we left off for this conversation in the second half of tomorrow's program. I hope you've been enjoying this little chat Aram and I had over the weekend. I had fun doing it, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. In the first half of tomorrow's show, I will be joined by guest panelists Fred Mertz, Mortimer Mouse, and the Shiitake Mushroom. Ooh, that's going to be a great conversation again. You will not want to miss that. So be sure to download, rate, and subscribe to this program so you never miss any episode. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Pick a podcasting app and try us because we're probably there because we are everywhere. Follow this show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners and follow me on Twitter as well at DC underscore Lundberg. Have a great Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. Week is almost halfway over. Hang in there. This is Joey Martin saying join us back here next time for another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.